0: You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. The Gary Harris Show's Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports and sports director for WPUA 23. It's time for The Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: Here we go. Good morning, everybody. Welcome into the Gary Harris show for this Monday, November 6th, 2023. And I giggle there a little bit because it should be a fun one today. We've got, uh, battle lines being drawn between the Bama fans and the fans of everybody else <laughs> about what, you know, fans of every other school about whether or not, uh, first of all, the fact that uh, Alabama's disappointed a lot of people again because, uh, they're winning and, uh, I think a lot of other rival fan bases thought this was the year that you're going to get the tide. There, The dynasty's dead. They're, it's over. You know, They're going to lose to Ole Miss. They're going to lose to Texas A&M. They're going to lose to Tennessee. They're going to lose to LSU. That was after they lost to Texas and had that uh, very, very uninspiring performance at South Florida. But uh, since then, all Alabama has done is win. They've rolled off six in a row. And basically – Just a one win away now from clinching the SEC West Division Championship and a spot in Atlanta for the SEC Championship game. Coming off a 42-28 solid win over LSU. A win, quite frankly, that um, probably should have been a little more lopsided than that. Uh, Certainly should have been 45-28. Will Rockard hadn't missed a field goal all year. Uh, Hadn't missed one since the Tennessee game last year. And he missed two. Uh, including the one there at the with about, I don't know, five minutes to go that would put Alabama up 45-28, and uh, he missed it. But the defense uh, held up uh, against an LSU offense with uh, Jaden Daniels that was electric in the first half, and they scored really right, I mean literally right before the half with no timeouts. Um, Kristen Story dove at the wide receiver, kind of dove at the ball actually if he tackles the guy. Uh, they probably don't have time to run up and get a playoff or spike the ball. But uh, but he didn't, and kid got into the end zone. I think it was Lacey, the uh, wide receiver, got into the end zone. And, um, you know, it is what it is. LSU tied the game at 21-21 and then um, came out and scored on the first possession of the second half to go up 28-21. And from that point, it was all Alabama. We've seen this with Alabama in some of these second halves. Down 28-21, the Tide scored 21 unanswered. Probably should have been more than that and uh, wound up kind of winning the game uh, going away. Um, you know, a lot of other fan bases, too, are very upset uh, about um, what happened with Dallas Turner and his hit on... Jaden Daniels there in the fourth quarter. Um he was assessed a 15-yard penalty. The play was reviewed despite the fact that the announcers did not point that out on CBS. And um he got a personal foul, roughing the passer, 15-yard penalty, first down for LSU. Uh Daniels actually came back in the game for one play. I'm trying to figure that one out. Uh they sent him back in uh after uh Nussmeier came in and ran a play. They sent Daniels back in for one play, but then he left and didn't uh, didn't return. A lot of chatter about, um, you know, whether that was a, uh, a a dirty play by Dallas Turner. Of course, you know, everybody sees it through, the, through their own lens. To me, it was a football play. I mean, he was in there, um, hit the quarterback, see it every week, and, um, you know, and got assessed a penalty. But LSU fans are up in an uproar. And, and even if the Turner had been ejected from the game, which was the only thing that would have been different had they assessed Uh, the targeting, he would have been ejected. There still would have been a 15-yard penalty. Um, Daniel still would not have returned, so it would have changed the outcome of the game, in my opinion. But people find what they want to find to fit their narrative, and and I get it. And um, we're in an era now where anytime there's a big hit, um, we are kind of accustomed to... Gasping a little bit and looking for a flag, you know that's any game, any team. But um, for Alabama, the bottom line is a, a great victory, forty-two to twenty-eight, six and zero in the SEC, eight and one overall, uh, still number eight in the AP poll, and still going to be on the outside looking in uh, because of um, what's happened with. Other teams that are ahead of Alabama, Alabama is probably not going to make, make much of a move in the college football playoff rankings, but uh, they just need to continue to take care of their business at Kentucky this Saturday morning at 11 a.m. So we're going to dive into that game. We are going to continue to review the... Um, LSU game, and we got a lot on tap for you today. And again, that wide receiver was Kyron Lacey was the receiver that got that touchdown right there at the end of the half. Before we do anything else, though, of course we're diving to Bama and the NFL as well, we need to go ahead and tell you that this hour the gary harris show is being brought to you as always by alabama credit union member owned and not-for-profit alabama credit union really is a better way of banking i encourage you to find out more and find out all the advantages of becoming a member at the credit union by going to alabamacu.com that's alabamacu.com and while you're there you can apply for the roll tide show your pride official card of the ua alumni association the alabama credit union credit card again the official card of the Alabama Alumni Association. Find out more at alabamacu.com. Alabama Credit Union loans for real life. Some rules and restrictions do apply. See if you're eligible for membership. Then join today and feel good about your money. And put a little extra change in your pocket. All right, I'm Gary Harris. i got Justin Jones right there on the other side of the glass. Manning the controls, taking your phone calls on the first and main condos hotline at 205-342-9904. And I'm anticipating another busy day with phone calls. We've been really getting a lot of them lately. So we're ready to go here, 205-342-9904. I want to know everybody's opinion on the game against LSU. Looking ahead to, to Kentucky, uh, what do you think of... Um, Alabama's chances of getting the college football playoff, running the table here, finishing eleven and one, beating Georgia—all those topics are on the table this morning because Alabama has done what not everybody thought they would do. You know, including me. I picked them to lose at uh, Texas A&M, and uh, Alabama since that uh, loss to Texas and the lost not a loss (laughs) but a very poor performance in South Florida when a lot of questions were being asked Alabama has run the table and it's kind of I think got a lot of other fan bases as I said in a quandary because I think many of them felt like this was the year uh, the dynasty was dead Saban had lost it that was the narrative not just uh, from fans but most of the media outlets if you go back and you pull up blogs and read blogs and listen to podcasts and watch analysis shows after that texas and south florida game most of it i'd say probably 90 percent of it was that that um saban was done alabama wasn't very good they were going to be you know fortunate to win eight or nine games and uh as as is usually the case with nick saban he is getting the last laugh so we would love to uh, hear your thoughts on where we stand and quite frankly i'm surprised the phone lines haven't lit up already because lately on monday they've been uh They've been reeling them in here with phone calls. But uh, we're ready to go, as I said. And in addition to uh, Alabama and LSU, it was a busy, busy weekend of SEC football. And Georgia held off Missouri. Missouri's a good team. Uh, Missouri played well in Athens, had some opportunities there. But Georgia, again, uh, and I think that gets them up to, I want to say, 26 in a row as they're trying to close in on Alabama has won 28 in a row. Under Coach Bryant, they won twenty in a row. Under Coach Saban, I think the, i mean, under uh, Coach Stallings, I think the longest streak they've gotten to remarkably as many games as Nick Saban has won. I think the longest win streak for uh, Saban at Alabama is twenty-six. Uh, but uh, so Georgia's kind of closing in on. Um, breaking uh, Coach uh, Bryant, Coach Stallings, and Alabama's record for consecutive wins. But they do have Ole Miss coming into Athens this coming Saturday, so that's not going to be an easy game as Ole Miss is coming off that big win over Texas A&M. All right, it's 10 minutes after 9. Let's get those phone calls rolling in here on the First main Condominiums hotline at 205-342-9904. Remember, First Domain Condominiums is a luxury condominium complex and beautiful historic downtown Northport, check them out and uh, I certainly can speak on that because I live there and I absolutely love it. So let's get those phone calls coming in and uh, we will uh, we will be back with more of the Gary Harris Show right after this on TIE 100.9 FM, your home for Alabama sports.
0: This season of Alabama football brought to you by Pearl River Resort, Choctaw Mississippi, your destination for casino thrills, family
2: fun and live entertainment. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide today. It's a daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by Dex Imaging, the official copier and printer provider for Alabama athletics. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. On Saturday, Alabama picked up a 42 to 28 win over LSU. Head Coach Nick Saban met with the media after the win.
3: Well, that was a great team win, and uh, we knew that it would be a tough game Uh, they got a great offensive team obviously a great quarterback uh, who's really hard to contain but i think our offense did a fantastic job in this game i'm so proud of our team Uh, it's a great team win but you know our offense controlled the tempo of the game especially in the second half and uh, i think that was the difference in the game having over 500 yards of offense but the key to it was being 11 of 14 on third down and being able to keep the ball which kept it away from them um, which was a real key, but um, this is probably as close to a complete game, even though you know you can say, Wow, they, they had some really good plays, yeah, they did, they got some really good players i 'll have more in a moment. You hear a lot today about
4: the Bama factor. Well, what exactly is it? It's a saying that Coach Saban uses constantly. It's actually what the program is built on. Commitment, discipline, effort, toughness, and pride. Well, at Dex Imaging, we believe in these same principles. To be the very best we can be day in and day out. So for all of your business office solutions, put Dex Imaging to work for you. Dex Imaging, the official copier and printer provider of Alabama Athletics.
2: Join us tonight for the start of Crimson Tide basketball. Christy Curry's women's basketball team will start the season at 4.30 against Alabama State, followed by the men's basketball team led by Nate Oates, starting its season at 7 p.m. Central against Moorhead State, with full radio coverage available across the network. Crimson Tide Today is brought to you by Dex Imaging. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield.
0: Patterson Comer is dedicated to serving our Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The weather stays dry today, mostly
4: sunny and mild. The high 77, fair tonight, the low 53. Then for tomorrow and Wednesday, the sky partly to mostly sunny both days. Afternoon highs between 78 and 81. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 67 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
0: You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday night. not so miss a minute of the Gary Harris Show weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9.
1: 9.15, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show here on Time 100.9 FM and 12.30 AM WTBC. I'm Gary Harris. Justin Jones is with me, and uh, we're about to jump out on the First Demand Condos hotline and get to some phone calls. Again, Alabama over LSU, Forty Two Twenty Eight. Um, I heard Coach Saban saying in the little Crimson Tide Today clip that we ran, that Alabama was 11 of 14 on third downs, and that's huge. I mean, that's that's the way you win games right there. And uh, we'll have some more of Coach Saban's audio from Saturday night here on the program. But for Alabama, the path is clear. I don't know about the college football playoff. Listen – you know It'll have to work itself out, but I know this. The pass cleared Atlanta now. All you have to do is win Saturday in Lexington, and you're going and uh, win three more, and you're going to be 11-1, and one you're going to be playing Georgia for the SEC championship game. And whether Alabama makes the college football playoff or not, I'm going to say what I've been. I've been consistent in this. I hate that uh, winning an SEC championship has been diminished because it's still a huge deal. It's a big deal to win an SEC championship. I said that two years ago when Alabama... Lost to Georgia in the national championship game, but won the SEC title. I still think it's a big deal to win your conference championship. So Alabama is going to play for that regardless if they can win one more game in the conference. And, uh, I still have faith that if you're 12 and one you play in the best conference in the country and you beat, uh, what could very well be a 12 and 0 Georgia team and you win the SEC championship, I still say Alabama will be in the playoff, but only time will tell. All right. We've got, uh, Joe and Dothan, and then we'll get to Tom. Hey, Joe. Good morning.
5: Morning, Gary. Thanks for taking my call. You betcha. Very proud of the team, Gary. I, uh, you know, it's funny in the, and I'm not going to lie to you though. In the, in the second half there, when we went up, I think it was 35-28 um, before the interception, the tip ball for the interception. Gary, I, I was honestly in my mind sitting there going, would we consider onside kicking because we, <laughs> we just couldn't stop that offense for you up until that point, you know, I think we'd force one pun up into that point, maybe two. Um, but it did cross my mind that it, you know, would we consider onside kicking and try to steal a possession?
1: Well, Saban did it in the national championship game, you know, a few years ago against Clemson out mm-hmm. in Arizona and it worked. And, right. uh, you know, though I, I I I agree with you. I think you look at everything to try to win the game. I will say this uh, once again, though Alabama's defense. It seems like they're making great adjustments or whatever they're doing on the fly because you give up 21 points in the first half. Although you know it was 21 14, you score a touchdown there, and you think you're going to get the halftime up seven, but and then LSU comes out and scores on the opening drive of the third quarter. And they didn't score again, Joe. I mean, um, they did not score another point in the game. And I had it 38 31, so. Uh, LSU did not make it to 30 points. And I, I thought that I think most people felt like they would. So at the end of the day, the defense, uh, in terms of the scoreboard, wound up doing another, uh, another good job. And, and you're facing a dynamic quarterback. I mean, Jaden Daniels was, uh, was, uh, you know, phenomenal in the first half. And, uh, he was, you know, he's just a great player. But what about Milrow? What about Milrow, man? Wow. 15 to I 23 mean, for 219. Everybody's saying run the ball. Well, he ran the ball. 20 carries for 155 yards in an Alabama record. Record four touchdowns uh, on the ground. That's the first time that's ever happened in the history of Alabama football for a quarterback to run for four TDs. So he has answered the bell. This team has found an identity, and that offensive line, man, I have. I'm like everybody else. I ridiculed them early in the season. I said they were too fat, too slow, uh, wasn't sustaining blocks, couldn't. You know, the left tackle Proctor couldn't pass protect, and they've just gotten better and better. And I tell you what, I love Darian Dalcourt He's been a really good player, but he got nicked up, and Jaden Roberts got inserted there at right guard. And, and he has made a huge difference with that offensive line. He is just a road grader. And so, you know, Joe, you look back to where they were three games into the season with more questions than answers, and now nine games into the season, you got more answers than questions. Now, that still doesn't mean you're going to win the rest of them. But this football team's come a long, long way. And Coach Saban and that coaching staff deserve a lot of credit, too.
5: Oh, absolutely. And I'll, I'll be the first to admit, Gary, I'm, I I could not be more happy that I was wrong. You know, I'll be honest, you know, after the Texas game, um, and I'm sure I wasn't alone in this. There was probably a lot of Alabama fans. I was thinking we'd probably lose three ball games.
1: This I, year. I think a lot of people did. Uh, and, you know, like I said, I picked Alabama to lose at Texas A&M. And, um, you know, they have just continued to, you know, I, I guess, too, it's just, it's just another example of why there aren't many great coaches, Joe, and the truly great ones. You know, we saw it with Coach Bryant. We're seeing it with Coach Saban. Uh, there have been others at other schools, but the truly great ones – that's why they're great is, <laughs> you know, they they win when people don't think they're going to win. There's a reason that Coach Saban has won as many games as he's won over 200 games now at Alabama alone and that every year this team has avoided that that drop off like everybody else seems to get even when they're really good. And it's cause he knows what he's doing and to bring this team along the way that, that he has and for them to bring the quarterback along and for Tommy Reese to evolve. I mean, I don't know what happened early in the year, why they made the decision to, um, grab that phone, Justin, why they made the decision to, um, um, go with Buckner in the South Florida game. But in the end, it worked out. Now it's Jalen Milrose team, and Reese has done a terrific job of adding in plays that fit him. It's just, you're right, uh, Joe, it's a different team. It's a completely different team than what we had three games into the year.
5: Absolutely. And one last thing before I let you go, Gary, I, I just want to say I completely agree with what you were saying earlier. This this laughable supposed controversy, non-controversy over the Dallas Turner hit on the, on the LSU quarterback, it's so laughable, Gary. what what you know, these folks are you know, the Tim Brandos of the world, the Bama haters, they're so mad, Gary. they're so they're beside themselves because they thought they weren't going to have to worry about us this year. They didn't think we'd be in this position, and we are, and they can't stand it.
1: No doubt. I mean, it is it's made a a lot of a lot of people have egg on their face, a lot of people who are fans and analysts and, you know, and let's be honest, you got a lot of fans now who are who are analysts, you know, that's the way the Internet world has changed media. They're all mad and upset because they were so confident that this was going to be the year Alabama fell off. And it didn't happen. And now they're looking for anything to try to taint this season. And the Dallas Turner is a, a dirty player, is a joke. It's it's pitiful. It's um, it's not even a. It shouldn't even be a conversation piece. Uh, it was a high hit. He got flagged for 15 yards. They reviewed it. They ruled it wasn't targeting. You, you know, most other cases, you move on. Alabama had to move on last year from the Tennessee game when Bryce Young took a shot. I mean, just got drilled, and it wasn't even a penalty. You know, 15-yard penalty. They, they didn't
6: get a flag. They yeah. didn't get
1: a flag. So, yeah, I'm not even going to entertain that. Alabama doesn't coach dirty football. Dallas Turner's an aggressive player. He's not a dirty player. And uh I know I'm, you know, I, I'll tell you this, honestly, all kidding aside, not kidding, but I didn't want to see Jaden Daniels go out of that game. I wanted to see him play in the game. I, 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 Alabama was going to beat them with Jaden Daniels. And I hate that. You know, I actually hate that he went out. And I hope he's okay. But that's football. Football happens. And we've just been... You know, because of the rules now, every time there's a big hit, you hold your breath and look for a flag. I mean, it's a football play. The quarterback is is a great player. The defensive end or outside linebacker, whatever you want to refer to Turner, is, is trying to make a play to uh, disrupt him. And, and that's what he did. And, uh, you know, it was roughing the passer. They got a 15-yard penalty, and you move on. Hey, thanks, Joe. Thanks, Gary. Good to hear from you. Tom is up next, and then we'll get to Philip. Hey, good morning, Tom.
6: Hey Gary, what's up, my friend?
1: Another big Bama win, sitting atop the SEC West, and and uh, closing in on another trip to Atlanta. I love going to Atlanta in, in late November, early December for an SEC championship game. It looks like I'm getting an opportunity to do it again.
6: I'm with you. Um, I'm going to send Coach Saban a letter by the way of the radio, if you don't mind, dear Coach Saban. This is Tom. I don't appreciate the fact you made a damn fool out of me again this year <laughs> with your coaching. And I tell you what, if uh, if that's what it takes to motivate you, then have at it because you've done it again. Me and my nine and three prediction that I come up with, and and, uh, and I don't appreciate being made a fool out of, but you did it again, and uh, and you have the ability to do it. Thank you very much. And uh, Gary, the, the thing about it is, I, I, I got another letter I'm going to send to uh, Joel, Joel, uh, Cow Splat, and uh Colin Couchard is it, this right here. Get over it, boys. Y'all are not good at what you do, how you've got a job. Uh, y'all are almost, almost as wrong as much of the time as fine, bomb. I don't see how y'all keep a job. Anybody else? that made those kind of mistakes that y'all made, and along with Tim Brando, uh, would not have a job. How y'all done it, did the, that's a mystery. Y'all are national champions of lying and being able to keep your job. But, Gary, I will say this. you, are, I agree with you 100%. If Alabama wins all their games, goes to Atlanta and beat Georgia, they're in the playoffs. Now, all these people from Texas and everything else, big begging the Lord of football to not let Alabama in. You can get over it, too. Get, get on the bandwagon with Joel Kausplat and, uh, uh, and and get involved with them. If we win, there's no way they're going to keep Alabama out of the playoffs. <clears throat> the SEC champion is always going to be in.
1: Well, I'll tell you this. Kansas State could have done Alabama a big favor, though they they should have beat Texas on Saturday. What is good as it should is doesn't matter. I get it. Texas found a way to win the game; they deserve to have credit for that. Oh, yeah. but, but they were well, uh, they, te- Texas was right for the taking on Saturday, and Kansas State let them off the hook. So that's kind of right. that would have that that would have solved that problem right there. You know what I mean?
6: Oh, well, yeah. It's gonna get solved anyway, though, because Texas has skated around on thin ice all their life. and uh, and they're skating on thin ice again, and you know it's coming. I know it's coming. So all you people out there are Texas fans, shut up. You're not going anywhere. And then you're not really, after you get to the SEC, you're not going to ever go anywhere. So shut up and uh, get out of the way and let the big boys play. Thanks, Gary. I
1: hear you, Tom. All right, let's get to uh, Philip here before we have to go to the break and come back with Rodney Orr from TigerInsider.com. In fact, I didn't even mention the guest. Rodney Orr from TigerInsider.com is coming up at 930, and then Casey Smith on golf at 1030. Hey, good morning, Philip.
7: Good morning, Gary. I'm glad you almost got the score just right, and I'm glad I missed
1: it. <laughs> well, Alabama, answer the bell again, and um, and again, I'm I'm pretty amazed. I'm as amazed as a lot of people. I didn't know, you know, after two or three games, if this team had the right stuff either, and. Uh, it's been It's been fun, I know a lot of people have told me well, it's not been fun because all the games are so close, and you know I want to blow everybody out. Well, welcome to the real world of college football uh you know Alabama's been an outlier for many years, most of the time, this is the way it is, even for teams that having great records, you got to play some close games, and um you know they're finding a way to win them so it's 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 good and it's fun, and boy you know, like I said, Philip, the job Milro did Saturday night, man was uh tremendous
7: oh, it was, I was extremely happy for that young man. And now Alabama's got to focus on Kentucky, and um, that's not going to be easy. That's going to be a difficult game, and it's going to be a physical game. And But I like Alabama's defensive line. I like the linebackers, and I think they can keep the, uh, the game in front of them and not let Kentucky get behind them. So I feel good about that, and I feel good about Alabama's defensive backs, too. They're playing pretty darn good right now.
1: You're right. They really are. Uh, this team, man, again, it's just, uh, uh, it's it's been amazing to watch it come together. And, and now you see where they're at. And it's easy to look back now and say, well, um, you play Texas in the second game of the year with an established quarterback. You've got a, a new starting quarterback that really hasn't played much. Uh, not making any excuses for that loss. Texas won the game. But, you know, that's where Alabama was at the time. And it wasn't a lack of talent on Jalen Milrow's part. It was just a lack of experience and a lack of, you know, experience with the offensive coordinator. Now the offensive coordinator's got more experience. Milrow's the quarterback, they build everything around him. And you see the results, man. They're pretty good, Philip. This is a, this is a really good Alabama football team right now.
7: They are. And I tell you what, I want to uh, commend Reeves. I I thought when the Bucs plays where we, where we huddled up. And ran plays from the bunch formation instead of going to that shotgun all the time. I thought that was a really smart move on his part, and you know we scored on one of those bunch plays.
1: Well, they've done a lot of good things. Like I said, Tommy Reese is to be commended. He had to get here, fill things out, and once they got the quarterback established, uh, they've been good. Hey, thank you, Philip. Have a good one, Gear. All right, let's get Digger on. And Digger, I'm going to tell you in advance now. I got to get to the break in about two minutes, so you got two minutes, my friend.
6: Yeah, it'll be real. Hey, I know real sweet. quick.
1: Now I do want to apologize to you about something. Last year when you were calling in and you and I went round and round, I uh, I thought you were a plant. I thought somebody had put you. So so I was wrong about that. <laughs> so I do want to apologize for that. You were some intern that was calling, trying to get under my skin. Now go ahead.
8: <laughs> Three words. Tom is an idiot. Well, that's four. <laughs> okay, I forgot. Alabama can't count well. Head-to-head counts, okay? It does. I don't care what our schedule was. I don't care how we win or lose, like y'all did against South Florida, okay? A win's a win, and we did it with a backup quarterback. And you're right, K-State let us off the hook, but you got to remember one thing. They never led.
1: That's true. I, yeah, I they know. tied, but they, they
8: never left. They came back.
1: That's right. That's right. Well, it should have never got it. Texas, right. Texas should have put them away, didn't, and then Kansas State, you know, if you're a Kansas State <laughs> fan, you're saying you should have won again. But I agree. The results, the results result, and I don't disagree with you on this. At the same time, I will say this, and I'll see if you agree with me. Head-to-head can't be the only criteria. It's one, but it can't be the only one. What is the other criteria that strength of schedule, where you're at at that point in the season, a okay, lot of other things. Now listen, what is the
8: schedule? The win loss record is we're still ahead of you guys on the opponent win loss. Well, record. right now you're ahead in the what BCS. You're
1: in the head of the BCS standings too, so it's really a moot point. And you know, I, I agree. Alabama's got to keep playing. Alabama's got to keep winning. Texas has got to keep winning, or it won't matter. So, but at the end of the season, all that I am saying is that's one criteria. Head to head is a criteria. I don't think it's the only criteria, but I'm not going to obsess with where it's at right now anyway, Digger, because everybody out there still got games to play, and including right. uh, this Alabama team's margin for error is not what some other Alabama team's margin for error is, and they better be ready to strap it on in Lexington Saturday night, I'll tell you, our Saturday morning, I'll tell you that. Prefix this. Alright. Where you at, Digger? If you beat
8: Georgia in the SEC championship game, that is no excuse to leapfrog Texas if we went out.
2: Well, we'll
1: see. I, I'm, I'm going to say here. Here's all I'll say, Digger, is and I could be wrong. I mean, you know, it won't be the first time. That's for sure. I still feel, and this is my objective viewpoint. I don't know how it has to work out. I still feel like if Alabama's 12 and one beats Georgia, wins the SEC championship, they're going to be in the playoff. I honestly believe that now. It might not happen, but that's a scenario, whether Washington has to lose or Texas has to lose again like or that. whatever. I feel yeah. like Alabama's 12 and one from a yeah. league that has really honestly in the last 15 years or so dominated college football and beats Georgia yeah. and Georgia's number one undefeated. I think Alabama being a playoff. That's all that I'm saying. Now I might not be right. But I, whatever has good. to happen for that to happen, first thing is Alabama has to win those games. I just believe that I, I believe that, that will be the case. If Alabama's twelve and one in the SEC champion, I think they'll be in, Digger.
8: All right. Well, we all agree. You need help. That's what it means.
1: All right, man. Good okay. to hear from you again. Call back again. All right, buddy. Let's get to the break and we'll come back with uh Rodney Orr from tighterinsider.com, Tider Insider TV next right here on the Gary Harris Show. Dell's Black Friday. Uh, as much as Innisfree has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the Free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meet and 3 Special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. Get a Meat and 3 Vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup, Salad, or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the Free.
0: The best sports talk in the state. Tied 100.9 and stream. On the Tide One Hundred Point (laughs) Nine app.
1: 935, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show here on Time 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. This hour being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. We're going to jump out on the first and main condos hotline. You heard the intro music. Rodney Orr from Insider TV. Rodney, how are you? I'm doing well, Gary. How are you? Another uh, Doing well. Another great uh, game for Alabama. Very entertaining football game. We've seen a lot of those in Alabama. Uh, you know, I... I People have been saying well, can they put four quarters together? I thought they put four quarters together. I mean LSU as you and United said going into the game, they're gonna make some plays. We both thought they would get to LSU would get to thirty. Uh they didn't. And uh Alabama with a terrific uh, second half wins it forty two to twenty eight. Your uh what were your observations from the game?
9: No, I mean I thought you're right. I mean, I think uh, it was uh if you had told me Alabama would have held them to twenty eight. I mean I thought I predicted 34-30, to and I felt like if Alabama could keep them under 30, uh, their chances just increased dramatically in this game. Um, So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think defensively they did a fantastic job, especially in the second half. We've seen that several times this year where they played extremely well defensively after the half. Uh, We saw it against uh, Tennessee, obviously shut Tennessee out, holding this LSU offense to only seven points. And, again, people say, well, you know, Jaden Daniels got hurt early in the fourth quarter. I, I get that, uh, but they had already done a really good job of, on him in the, you know, in the third quarter. Now let's say this too, you got to give some kudos to this offense in the third quarter because they really responded. You know, the LSU scores at the end of the first half, you know, the tie the game at 21 and goes up. Twenty-eight, twenty-one, and I think a lot of people, you know, including myself, were feeling really iffy about that time. And then Alabama comes back with a really nice drive. I mean, they they control the ball, they run it, you know, right down LSU's throats. Uh, you know, Millville made some 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 nice throws. So, I think offensively, they deserve a lot of credit for helping out the defense in in that third quarter. And then again, in the fourth quarter, just, uh, you know, played magnificently.
6: Yeah,
1: they really, really did. And, you know, that's something Alabama football has prided itself on uh, throughout, you know, as long as you and I have been following it with Coach Bryant. And, um, you know, that's when in the fourth quarter, they didn't do it against Texas, but they certainly did it on, on Saturday night. As far as Jaden Daniels is concerned, I know you and I were both disappointed to see him have to leave the game. And I mean that a hundred percent. I'm with you. I thought Alabama, you know, Alabama got an interception off him that kind of. Put him in charge of the game. I wanted to see him finish the game. Uh, but we know now, social media, as you and know, I have discussed many times, gives everybody an outlet. And uh the Dallas Turner is a dirty player stuff is floating around out there, which I think is ridiculous. Uh, it was a football play. He got flagged, a 15-yard penalty. They did review it, regardless of the fact why CBS didn't point that out. I have no idea. And um so he, you know... The only difference would have been, and I would not have wanted to see him get ejected in the game, was he would have been ejected. Uh, you know, Alabama, I think, obviously wouldn't have changed the outcome of the game. But what did you think of the play? I, th- I thought he was trying to, you know, if you don't get pressure on that guy, he's going to pick you apart. And it- I thought it was a football play. Uh, I have no problem with the roughing the passer call, but I did not think it was targeting. And I did not think it warranted an ejection. And I thought the officials got it right. Uh,
9: look, I-, I think if you look at the play and you're fair and objective and you're not you know, anti one team or the other, whatever. I think you have to say it, it. It's a play where, you know, he was already zeroed in on the quarterback. I mean, it's not. It's not even really a late hit, in my opinion. I mean, how can he stop his momentum? Uh, this, this is something that I think you really have to evaluate. Now, was it? I'm not going to debate whether it was actually targeting. I know some people say that. I, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say one way or the other. I, I would need to really look at, you know, where, he, how he hit him. Uh, you know, up under the chin, obviously. Uh, but all of that aside, I mean, it was not a dirty play. He's not a dirty player. There's no indication that. I think the call last year on Quinn Ewers when he made a similar, you know, hit uh, was not a dirty play, was not intentional. And, again, I think that you have to be careful when you're judging some of these calls because, I mean, we're eliminating the pass rush. I mean, come on. This is football. It's a continuation play. That's really all it was. It wasn't, I mean, he had just released the ball when contact was made. So I think, to me, I don't even, unless it was a targeting, I don't think it should have been a late hit or, or any kind of personal foul unless they determined that, you know, he led with the helmet or whatever. So that's really how I feel about it.
6: Rodney, uh,
1: I want to, to get to where Alabama's at right now. We'll sort of look forward. You have to look at where it was at and um – um you know, when you look back, even though, again, I think now it's the reality is that that Alabama people forget Alabama led Texas going into the fourth quarter. Whether you think they one of those touchdowns should have been a touchdown or not, they had two touchdowns called back by penalty. So Alabama was probably a lot closer even then. But the perception was you lost to Texas. You know, had a a very forgettable. Let's be honest, that was a forgettable game at South Florida down in Tampa. But. Alabama won that without Milro, but three games into the year, there were more questions than answers. And you watch what this team's been able to do, and you watch how that this team's been brought along, and you, another example of why Nick Saban is is arguably the greatest to ever do it, you see what's happened with Tommy Reese and Jalen Milrow, and I just think a lot of people are frankly upset. And you know uh, this was the, this was the year they thought Alabama was going to fall off the wagon. And I think you know it's being represented some even in the in the college football playoff rankings is that people had written Alabama off. Let's be honest, a lot of people had written Alabama off, and it didn't happen. So now the narrative is, well, they still aren't that good because look at how they barely beat this team. I think if you had put and and I this is where the, the the reverse Alabama bias comes into play. I think if you took a lot of other teams that didn't have the the fatigue that Bama has w- with people and put them in the same schedule and scenario the way it's played out, they'd be higher than than eight in AP poll and they'd be higher in the college football playoff rankings. That's just my feeling. I mean, I I'm, I'm nothing against Oregon. I look at Oregon's resume and I look at Alabama's resume, and I'm like, how are they behind Oregon? You know, you, you kind of see where I'm going with this. I think there's a lot of built-in bias this year toward Alabama because nobody expected them to be here, and now they're here, and it's like, oh, no, what are we going to do with them?
9: Yeah, well, I think – the funny thing is how some people are, and in I guess media members, some, you know, national people are trying to play down what Alabama has achieved since that South Florida game. Uh, you know, they predicted Alabama to lose to Ole Miss; didn't happen. Predicted Alabama to lose to Tennessee; didn't happen. Predicted well, predicted Alabama to lose to Texas A and M; didn't happen. You know, they, so they said, well, it's going to happen with LSU. This is the most dynamic offense in the country. Nobody can stop them. They're not going to be able to slow them down. They're not going to be able to score enough points. And all legitimate questions, I get that. But once again, I think they were foiled, uh, you know, into believing that Alabama was going to lose the game. And and it didn't happen. They responded, did a great job, all of these things. And now all of a sudden, it's because Jaden Daniels went out. There's been an excuse basically for Alabama's success right now, but here's the bottom line, too. Really doesn't matter. You know how it works. You got so many people out there, like you said, that can, you know, make these uh, analysis. The bottom line is, you know, they got Kentucky coming up and that's going to be a real challenge, you know, at 11 a.m. going on the road after an emotional win at home and night game and all of the things that. You know, Alabama now is in position to achieve. They're hearing all these things, so this is a time when this team kind of has to take the next step in terms of of maturity and you know go on the road and you know come away with a win that can allow them to continue to pursue their goals.
1: That's a great point, Rodney. There is work to be done, and give Ole Miss credit. I mean, they they fought and cl- you know scratched and clawed and got a win over a And M. So Alabama has not clinched the West yet. They could with a win at at Kentucky, but. But looking ahead, and so since we kind of looked back, and just for the sake of having this discussion, let's say Alabama does uh, run the table and get to eleven and one, wins at Kentucky, beats Chattanooga, wins at, at Auburn, and uh, then plays. A, let's say Georgia is unbeaten. This is just for the sake of us having this discussion. And Alabama's twelve and one and the SEC champion, and just beat the number one ranked team that might be on the SEC record winning streak by that point uh, would be if they continue to win. I'm just going to continue to say this, Rodney. I, I don't know what has to happen or what how it has to work out. But there's no way in my mind, whether people like it or not, if Alabama, that scenario plays out and Alabama's 12-1, and and wins the SEC championship and beats a team that's going to be on close to a 30-game winning streak, they're going to be in a playoff. That's just my – and I'm going to stick by that until it doesn't happen. I wonder how you feel about it.
9: Well, you know, here's my thought on that is this. And, again, there's a lot of different scenarios the way it could all play out. But if it comes down to Alabama and Texas – and both teams, you know, still have that one loss, obviously. Uh, you know, that's where it's going to get iffy, in my opinion. And it's not because I don't think Alabama's a better team now. Because I think if Alabama and Texas played now, we said this all along. It's not where This isn't hindsight. Said it back in the summer, and the spring, when we were talking on tighter Insider uh, TV, that the Texas game was the one that really was a concern because of when texas caught alabama this alabama team was going to be better later in the year you know texas returned a lot of people and all of those things so texas caught alabama at a great time and but they won the game and they won the game in tuscaloosa by 10 points and that's going to be what people are going to say and there's going to be a lot of pressure to put if that came down to alabama and texas there would be a lot of pressure uh to to put texas in the playoffs and uh, there would be some of that would be, you know, obviously coming from Texas people, but also, you know, people that are anti-Alabama. And I, I get that. I don't know how much the committee would be influenced by it or whatever, how much they'd be influenced by that game back in September. But I think it could, I'm not saying it is, I'm not saying it's right or whatever. I'm simply saying that could be something to keep an eye on if it comes down to Alabama and Texas.
1: Rodney, this Alabama team, um, it's been a different team. There's no doubt about it. And, um, <laughs> I've had people call on the show and say they haven't enjoyed it because it's the, the games have been so tough and, and, you know, edge of the seat. I've really enjoyed watching this team take shape. I want to see if they can, they can finish the drill. And, and, um, you're probably going to hate this question. Cause I, <laughs> I hate sometimes when I hear people ask it cause he's, he's just the best period. But, uh, when you look at Nick Saban and what he's been able to do and, and, you rank the coaching job jobs that he's had since he's been here. I don't know that you can what's best or this, but this has certainly been a great coaching job by him and the staff, I think, to mold this team um just in regards to the staff and what they've been able to do with this team. Would you agree with that?
9: Oh yeah, I man, I think it's been you know just a tremendous job that they've done so far. I mean, it's a, after that Texas game. You know, there were a lot of people saying, oh, remember 2015 after losing to Ole Miss, similar situation. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, similar, but you don't have Derrick Henry. You don't have, you know, proven guys up front offensively on that offensive line that they had on that team. You know, you you don't have a Calvin Ridley, uh, you know, on that team or our Darius Stewart right now. Uh, you know, you don't have some of the stalwarts they had on defense, and you know all of the things that they had because that was a great, very talented defensive team. And I said, this is going to be—you know—it's it's not really comparable, but they've kind of done some things that uh, have made it comparable. Actually, I mean, the way they've gone on this run, and um, you know, I think they one big thing that I noticed—and and, you know, I'm sure you've talked about this too—is you know, Saturday night. Was you know the way Milrow started running the ball Mm -hmm. and been crying for that. You know, look if it's not there, go because it's going to really make things difficult for opposing defenses. And I think as you start looking down the stretch, you start looking down the stretch of the season. Now they'll play Milrow a little bit different, but you start look. This could become a really big thing for Alabama. You know, in terms of his running the ball. And and it could certainly help them be much more productive offensively. And again, I also understand too. LSU's kind of weak defensively. I mean, they're they're weak in the secondary, but they do have a very talented you know defensive front. But uh, it's yeah. Well, you know, it's gonna, it's going to be uh, really interesting here. You know, starting with Kentucky.
1: Yeah, on Milrow because I I have not asked you this, even though we watched the game in the press box when you've talked about Milrow and looked at best case scenario from him was this kind of what you envisioned i mean he's 15 or 23 for 219 in the air and then he's 20 rushes for 155 yards and four touchdowns on the ground now not that he's going to do that every every game you know 155 yards is a lot of yards for anybody four touchdowns but that was you know that was the Jalen milro that you sort of envisioned right
9: yeah i you know again i think it was early in the season Uh, you know, or maybe it was right before. I can't remember. You know, I posted on tighterinsider.com where there was a conversation about Mel and I said, potentially, he is the the most explosive weapon in college football. Potentially. And, you know, but again, there, there were a lot of things that needed to go into that development. Obviously, he needed to become consistent as a passer. So many different things. I think he's developing in that regard. And I think now that we've seen... And kind of use his legs. You know, you can kind of see. Okay, this guy could be a real headache because it's not just him. He's got a lot of weapons around him that I think could be. I mean, we didn't even see Amari Nye Black in the game. Of course, he was open on a deep ball, but it didn't, you know, connect. But, I mean, you've got so many weapons that I think, you know, Jace is really kind of stepping it up. And Roy Dell Williams had a really good game. And, you know, Jam Miller had a big play. That wheel route was incredible. Well thrown, by the way. I'm not sure Millrow makes that throw early in the year. It's anticipation. He's starting to gain confidence. And when you gain confidence, I think it helps your anticipation. And uh, so I, I, he made a great throw. How about that throw to, that he dumped off to to McClellan for the big game? Beautiful. I mean, these are kind of things that you're starting to see a quarterback gain confidence, you know, and uh, so I, I really like that. And I think a lot of that confidence now. I'm telling you, I think a lot of it's coming uh, or in this game, some of his improvisational skills they they kind of came alive due to his running. I mean, I even saw a more confident runner. I mean, he was spinning at the end of moves. He was lowering his shoulder, running over people, these types of things. So I think he can be an incredible weapon with all the guys that they have around him. And and I'll say this too, as we're talking about the weapons, you know, and I know there's only one ball. There's only one ball. You know, you got Jermaine Burton, you got Bond, who's been incredible. Uh, We we mentioned Nod Black, CJ Dupree, uh, Jace, all of these guys. But I like to see two get a little bit more involved with Kendrick Law. I mean, he is really dynamic with the ball. And I thought those were some good little wrinkles, mm-hmm. those short throws they made to him to kind of help Milro get comfortable and, you know. He's
1: got the ball in his hands. Law is very, very dangerous. Yeah. I thought it was Tommy Reese's best game too as coordinator. I mean, I really love what he did, like you said, with the wrinkles and with Milro and, and the way Milro's improved as a passer. You know, Reese deserves some credit for that. I, I, he took a lot of heat lot. early on, but yeah, he deserves credit. Hey, real quickly, Rodney, before I have to wrap it up, I was out after I finished my post game stuff, I was out in front of the, um, you know, the recruiting room there in the, the north, uh, End zone at the stadium, and I didn't know who all the guys were, but I saw a ton of recruits. And again, I'm every time I just my jaw drops to think some these some of these guys were in high school. <laughs> you know, but a big recruiting weekend. Any news coming out of that?
9: You know, it's a uh, it, 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 it's not going to surprise you when you hear that recruits were impressed that the atmosphere was crazy. Of course, it was. We all know that. But as far as you know, just really hardcore information. There's not. We I think we said in the last couple of weeks here on your segment that Solomon Williams from Tampa, Florida, Carol Wood Day High School, the pass rusher, outside linebacker type, uh, was, was 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 Alabama and Oregon. Well, he came out yesterday apparently and said, you know, Alabama was in his top two, but he wouldn't name the other school. Well, it, it, it's it's Oregon. We were told that two weeks ago, but now Texas is still lurking too. So, you know. I I think he's a guy to watch. Um, But as far as, you know, just like hardcore information, not not really. Uh, Nothing's changed. I mean, I think these things have to play out. They had a lot of 2025 kids in. You know, I know that the quarterback from Brentwood up there in Tennessee is going to be a five-star player for next year. Uh, Watch out for him. Uh, I think that's Alabama or Tennessee, George McIntyre. Uh, Yeah, I've, I've talked to someone close to that situation and, and I really think it's going to come down to Alabama or Tennessee for him. And he's a really, really good player.
6: Awesome
1: update as always, Rodney. Folks, you can find him at com. Still just $48 a year on Twitter at tighterinsider with me Tuesday nights on Titer Insider TV and on various radio stations and podcasts uh, really around the southeast in the country. Thanks a lot, Rod. Okay, bud. Take care. All right, 954. We'll take a break and come back and wrap up this first hour right after this. Join Tide 100.9 this Friday Rascos has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since nineteen ninety nine. Their new location is at forty one hundred Owen Parkway in Northport. And of course, you can find Las Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television, so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Las Tarasco's features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember the name is Las Tarasco's with locations in Tuscaloosa Day
0: and feel good about your money. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather.
4: The weather stays dry today, mostly sunny and mild, the high 77, fair tonight, below the 53. Then for tomorrow and Wednesday, the sky partly to mostly sunny both days, afternoon highs between 78 and 81. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 60 degrees in
0: Tuscaloosa. You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. Go on in for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: All right, 958, quick turnaround to get us out of this first hour. I want to thank uh, Rodney Orr for jumping on with us. Uh, I want to thank Alabama Credit Union for bringing you hour number one. Hour number two, Casey Smith on golf at 1030. We'll try to get some to, to some of the Nick Saban clips. We'll talk about the Bama basketball season opener tonight. And Real quickly, I want to mention that uh, Rob Vaughn, Bama baseball coach, will join me in the morning on the Gary Harris show. What a fall it's been for Alabama baseball. Boy, they like, they got a chance to have a really good club. All right, uh, so we got a big first hour in the books, a big second hour on the way. Keep it dialed in right here. The tie 100.9 FM and 1230 AMWT. BBC. Since 2011, Billy's Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big-screen, high-definition televisions, both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's. Good food, good friends, and good times. It's time
0: to... ...and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a Town Square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles... Here's Nick Cope.
2: On Sunday night football, the Bengals beat the Bills 24 to 18 as Joe Burrow threw for 348 yards and two touchdowns. Since he has now won four in a row since they started the season one and three. The Giants fear quarterback Daniel Jones towards ACL in yesterday's loss to the Raiders. He'll have an MRI today to confirm. The Eagles improved to an NFL best eight and one, beating the Cowboys 28 23. Philly tight end Dallas Goddard suffered a forearm fracture, an NFL meteor. Reports he's likely to have surgery today and is expected to miss four weeks. The athletic reports the Cowboys will work out receiver Martavis Bryant on Tuesday. Bryant was just reinstated by the NFL over the weekend after he was suspended indefinitely in 2018 for multiple violations of the league's substance abuse policy. And in college football, USC fired defensive coordinator Alex Grinch.
6: Always live always local dependable news coverage the latest news only
0: from the tuscaloosa thread newsroom
4: Tuscaloosa will be the site for the fourth Republican presidential debate. The Republican National Committee sent notices to the GOP campaigns Friday that Tuscaloosa's debate will be December the 6th. Firefighters are battling for witch fires in Tuscaloosa County this morning. Six are burning in Walker County, three in Lamar and Green, two in Fayette, Hale and Perry, and one in Bibb and Sumter counties each. 73 fires are burning statewide as the drought continues. And Governor Ivey is sponsoring the 75th annual Governor's Thanksgiving Pardoning of the Turkeys.
0: Latest local news in Tuscaloosa. VAMA Sports Updates. And severe weather information. Download the free Tuscaloosa Threat app. Never pay for your news. And sign up for our daily newsletter with news updates.
1: All right, here we go. Hour number two of the Gary Harris Show right here on Todd 100.9 FM, 1230 AM WTBC. I'm Gary Harris. Justin Jones is doing all the heavy lifting. Of course, Noah Haynes is helping us out as well. We're going to try to get to some Nick Saban clips, Casey Smith on golf. We'll look ahead to Alabama basketball uh, coming up in this uh, second hour as well. I do need to tell you this hour of the Gary Harris Show brought to you as always by my friends Paul Patterson and Mike Comer. Patterson Comer, attorneys at law uh, right here in West Alabama, feet on the ground Paul's in Tuscaloosa, 205-345-1000. Mike's in Northport at 205-759-3939. Uh, these gentlemen are outstanding lawyers and outstanding individuals. And um, know them both well. And if you need a personal injury attorney, yeah, I know you see the ads flashing on television for the 1-800 attorneys, uh, 1-800 law firms. But uh, stay right here in West Alabama. And... uh Get hooked up with guys that are going to uh, be with you all the way. Even if you have to go to court, you'll look them in the eyeball. And remember, there's never a penny out of pocket unless they collect for you. Patterson Comer, Attorneys at Law. Find out more at PattersonComerLawFirm.com.
2: No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. And we're
1: going to get this uh, second hour started with phone calls. We got Roland uh, in Gunnersville, and Joe is uh, waiting as well. Let's go to beautiful Lake Gunnersville right now and talk to Roland. Hey, Roland, what's going on, man?
10: Hey, Gary, how you doing this morning? Doing well. Uh, what a
1: game, huh? Yeah, man, what a game! I agree with you hundred percent. What a game! I I just continue to watch this Alabama team build uh, itself and take steps and just very encouraged
10: Um, i finally we finally got to see the Jalen milro we've been wanting to see all all year the other day he was i think he made everything better by his running uh i mean when he runs like that i mean they're as good as anybody i think and i know you don't get 150 yards every game but uh, he's got to use his legs and, you know, uh, and that makes him so much better than everywhere else and makes the running backs better, makes the receivers better. Uh, and, uh, I'm telling you, the offensive line is getting better and better. Uh, and I'm, I'm really impressed with, is it Jaden Roberts?
1: Yeah, Jaden Roberts, the right guard. Yeah, mm-hmm. <clears throat>
10: uh, He's, he's, he's going to be nasty, I think, and, uh, get better. So this team's been proving about everywhere you improve and. You know, the defense, I thought, I mean, anybody thought we were going to shut LSU down and stop uh, their quarterback it was crazy. Uh, he knew he was going to get yards. Uh, I was disappointed in some of the uh, runs he made. He made so many yards. But, you know, players going to make plays. And on the uh, Dallas Turner uh, sack, I don't even think it was. I watched it on Facebook and I watched it on TV. And even and live when I watched it, I didn't even think it was roughing a passer. You can't stop their stuff in mid mid air going after a quarterback, and the ball was released about the time he got there. So I don't I don't even think it was roughing I mean, uh, rough a Uh
1: Yeah, there's and, so much confusion now. I, I don't know anymore. I, I don't know if it was or it wasn't. I, I can't. You know, I just know it's gotten to where every time you hit the quarterback you just you just cringe to see if there's gonna be a flag. And I know they wanna make the game safe. I understand that. But football's football. It's a it's a collision sport. And, uh, guys are going to get hit and guys are going to get hurt. I've always said that. I mean, it's part of it. You're not going to legislate injuries out of the game unless you play flag football and you may not legislate them out then because, you know, guys can still, you know, uh, tear their knee up, planting in the ground. So as, as long as you're, you're moving and you're playing a game like that, things are going to happen. Uh, I, I, I really do take offense to the people trying to say that Dallas Turner is a, uh, dirty player and that Nick Saban coaches, uh, dirty football. In fact, I, I'll say this about Nick Saban in 17 years of covering the guy. He is, uh, out of all the coaches I've seen in this league, I don't know that I've ever heard him blame officiating. I don't think I've ever heard him make excuses. I don't think I've ever heard him, you know, take shots at another, another team or, 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 you know, or make allegations against another team for dirty play. He runs a, he runs a class program. It's a class organization. It's always about competition on the field. And, uh, you know, it's just upset fans of other schools and other fan bases that want to try to, Paint this narrative of uh Dallas Turner and that's all it is.
10: And uh you know, I'm like some of the other callers, this national people like Tim Brando, I can't stand Tim Brando. I mean, I don't like the guy one bit, and he's always anti Alabama and anything he can say negative about Alabama he always does. And, you know, uh, but it's just killing some of these people across country that they had Alabama buried, you know, three games in. And they was already saying five losses, six losses, whatever. And you know they turned it around and and got better every week. And now some of these people are got a little egg on their face, I think
1: yeah they do and they don't want to people don't want to admit when they're wrong anymore you know i'm I'm wrong sometimes too and i admit it you know i, I want to be right we all think want to be right but uh, the narrative out there after two or three weeks was, was that alabama was done and you weren't gonna have to worry about alabama and alabama had no shot to win the west and 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 now these 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 people that said that, they don't want to, they don't want to admit they're wrong. They want to just continue to say, and you mentioned Tim Brando, who I have a lot of respect for as a play by play broadcaster, but he, you know, he said Alabama was not going to be a factor. They were going to lose at A&M. They were going to lose to, uh, they were going to be exposed. And now he's just saying, well, once they, if, no, if they don't, if they make it to the SEC championship game, Georgia will beat them. If they get to the playoff, they, you know, won't, you know, so they're just going to keep pushing back the timeline until they lose. And then they'll all come out and say, we told you so. But the facts of the matter are it's been a remarkable season for Alabama with this team. Uh, to be put together the way it has and and you know with what Nick saban does year after year with all the teams that lose four and five and six games i'm talking about good teams in this league that have these up and down seasons you know here he is sitting here at eight and one again it's just uh, it's 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 amazing roland it really is and as i've said a lot the last few years enjoy it savor it because it's you know he's not going to coach forever and when he does it Coach anymore? I'm not going to say Alabama won't be good. I think Alabama will always be good. There's too much passion for the program. There's too many people that care about it. Uh, I think they'll always have a chance to get it right. But when Saban's gone, it won't be like this. You you won't you won't win 11, 12, 13, 14 <laughs> games every year. You know it's going to be it's going to be different. But uh yeah, uh, a lot of people are disappointed and upset that it didn't come true what they predicted. So now they're trying to kind of move the goalpost as they go. Just waiting for Alabama to Hold lose that. one, and then they'll be out there saying we told you so.
10: I want to ask you something before I let you go, Gary. Uh, I like game day. I really do. I watch it about every week. But I and it irritates me that when Alabama plays, they can't get somebody from Alabama to set up there and do the be the guest picker. I think Alabama's the only university that's on game day they ever bring somebody in from outside the program to uh, be the guest picker. I mean, last week Ohio State brought in C.J. Stroud. Do you mean – you tell me they couldn't have got a, a Alabama person to come in and be the guest picker uh, like my wife said she said Montana Faust been great to you know if they you know to be the guest picker uh, wouldn't an NFL player uh, that could have come and been the guest picker and this 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 wasn't the first time that they've got somebody who didn't have no Alabama ties. Yeah, I not talked
1: about not. it last week on social media <clears throat> when the the Bargazzi uh, Bargazzi guy was. I didn't know who he was, and evidently and I did. You know, I, I watched him. I, I thought he's entertaining. I've heard he's a great comedian, and you know, seems like a really good guy. And they did have Namath in when they were here earlier this year. But at the same time, I'm with you. I think that uh, it seems like that it happens more at Alabama than it does any other place where they bring in a picker that really doesn't have ties to the school. But, of course, they've been at Alabama a lot of times, too, so maybe that's got something to do with it. Hey, great phone call, Roland. Good to hear from you, man. Thanks, Gary. Thank you. All right, let's get Joe on here on the First of Man Condos Hotline. Good morning, Joe.
11: Morning, Gary. Look, you keep up with history like I do, Gary, and let's make a statement here. This is the worst LSU defense since so you got to go all the way back before the mad hatter so we're talking decade here or longer right
1: yeah they're not good they're not they're not they're a good awful. defense but alabama yeah, but alabama took advantage of that i mean what are they supposed to do not not go out there and because they're hey dope. i'm not
11: i'm not taking anything away from alabama i'm glad we won mm-hmm. but it's overreaction gary you don't agree with that
1: no, I don't agree with you this time, Joe. I don't agree with you this time. You know, I agree, we agree okay. most of the time. I'll, I'll give you that. But, no, I don't agree okay. because I think there's no overreaction to this team because of where they were at and where many people expected them to be. Um, you know, and I know a lot of people that thought they couldn't keep up with LSU Saturday night. Now, I'm not saying that you were one of them. I picked Alabama to win the game. I think you probably felt like they would win the game, but uh, I don't think it's overreaction to be excited about that victory, uh, and to hold that team to 28 points, especially after they, you know, they get that touchdown going into the half, which was a terrible mistake by Kristen Story to not play the, play the receiver there and play the ball. And then they come out and score. To open the third quarter, that's fourteen points in about you know about a four minute span, and it looked like they might get into the forties. And for that team, I'm talking about Alabama's defense now to 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 shut them out the rest of the way, and for Alabama to outscore them twenty one to nothing after they were down twenty eight to twenty one in the game. No, I don't think it's overreaction to be excited about that performance. And 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 I'm with you. LSU statistically is not a good defense, and they didn't help themselves any on Saturday night. But they got players now. I'll tell you that. I sat there and watched the game in person. They got athletes. They got a lot of big. Strong, fast guys on that defense. So, um,
11: okay, uh, let me ask you this. Okay, is this not the worst secondary you have seen in LSU? Yeah, it's it's just a
1: bad secondary. They've they've got they got injuries. They got guys probably that aren't their normal caliber. But I I agree with what you're saying that they're not good. But I. I don't think it's an overreaction, but what would have been bad is if you had not put up forty-two points. You know, yeah. if you if you had gotten beat That's twenty true. or twenty-one, then I think the overreaction would That's be true. how do you? do? So I, all I can say is Alabama's offense handled that defense like they should handle a bad defense, and for that they deserve credit. And Will Rocker, who you know had missed a field going over a year, missed two,
11: or it missed would have been two. worse. And yeah. uh, and I and, think and this, us make like this this like this thing. Like Kiffin like fifty-five. On
1: that team. Well he did. He laid ten on Alabama. So I mean yes, uh <laughs> I I'm I I know where you're which going with this, us, but I think Fort 40- tells
11: us what, Gary, we have a great defense. I don't know where we would be without Steele this year. Well, he's done a nice job,
1: and they made some really – whatever they did at halftime, because I thought in the first half now, they got lit up. Let's just be honest. If you want to be – you're not talking, Frank, about, you know, first half that defense, Alabama's defense got lit up, dude. I mean, they got lit up. Supposedly they had a spy. Well, it didn't work because nobody could get the kid on the ground. And so, yeah, what they did in the second half to turn that thing around, and we've seen it several times this year, um, was noteworthy. But I think it's a – You know, for me it's a great victory because I know LSU Regardless of their defensive issues, they're capable of coming in and beating you. And if they beat you, the entire season is is not shot, but it's it's going in the wrong direction. So Alabama's answered the bell against Ole Miss. They answered it against AM, They answered it against Tennessee, and they've answered it against LSU. And I, oh, yeah. I'm I'm excited and proud of this team because I didn't know that they could answer all those bells after three weeks. I, you know, I'm not going to say that them. I counted them I out because I didn't, but I, I didn't but I, them. I didn't know that this team would be in this. position position and for them to be here i'm gonna give them all the credit in the world because i i think this has been a marvelous coaching job and and whether lsu's got a weak defense or not <laughs> you know they won the game by 14 points i think it probably should have been more so yeah. i think it's a good solid win you know remember they were just, by, by game time they were three-point favorites so you know
11: yeah, but, but you always keep it in perspective, and that's what I appreciate.
1: I do, and you yeah, do too. And, you know, like I said, I, I uh, and I agree with you, the LSU's defense is not good. But I don't want to demean Alabama's offensive output in that game because LSU has a weak defense. I thought Alabama took advantage of it. And for Milrow to throw for over 200 and run for 155 and score four touchdowns, man, you're starting to see this Alabama offense... As a problem for defensive coordinators. Uh, this Alabama offense hey. is starting to look dynamic. And people, I guarantee you, that were early in the year was saying, well, Milrow can't play quarterback. I guarantee you there's a lot of defensive coordinators now saying, Whoo, this guy's a problem. He's a problem.
11: You know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you And the best news I heard yesterday, we're playing at 11 o'clock. That's the best news I heard. I yesterday. think so. We I always know. think if
1: you're the road team, you cool. like the early game, dude. I, I agree you with got you. Got it.
11: And it's going to be cold up there, and it's going to be the warmest part of the day. We needed that bad. If we have a letdown, we needed that. We did. Thank but you, anyway, Joe. Thank you.
1: All right, it's ten uh, seventeen. We owe the uh, we owe uh, Justin a break. So, Ellis, if you hold tight, we'll get to you on the other side of this break. I do want to remind you that the YMCA. In communities across the nation, is a leading voice on health and well-being. We bring families closer together, encourage good health and foster connections through fitness, sports and fun. As a result, millions of youth, adults and families are receiving support, guidance and resources needed to achieve greater health for their spirit, mind and body. The Y is more than just a place to get fit. It is about community. Go by and visit the YMCA of Tuscaloosa today at 2313th Street. Uh, I can't talk on this commercial. Twenty three hundred Thirteenth Street. Call them at 205-345-9622 or look them up online at org. Do what I did over 20 years ago and become a member of the Y. We'll be back with more phone calls right after this on The Gary Harris Show. Patterson Comer is dedicated to serving our clients. If The Free has evolved. It will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to The Free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and Three special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. Get a Meat and Three vegetables for just eight forty nine. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup Salad or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at The Free. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order
0: Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The weather stays dry today, mostly sunny and mild. The high
4: 77, fair tonight below 53. Then for tomorrow in Today, the sky partly to mostly sunny both days. Afternoon highs between 78 and 81. I'm James Spann of the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 67 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
0: Catch every game and every moment right here. This is your home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and screening on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: 10:22. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. Listen here, doing a little multitasking on this beautiful Monday, November 6, 2023. It's gorgeous. What a weather day we've had for football on Saturday. I still would like it to be a little bit cooler, but you can't complain about this. I went out on a walk yesterday afternoon and. Uh, Justin, I shot kind of a photo album just with my phone and put out some photos on social media on my uh, Gary Harris WVUA twenty three Facebook page. It was a beautiful, beautiful day. Check those out if you get a chance, and follow me on Twitter at Gary Harris underscore WVUA. Let's jump back out on the First Domain Condominiums Hotline, presented by First Domain Condominiums Downtown Historic Northport, and talk to Ellis. Good morning, Ellis.
11: Good morning, Gary Harris. So, did you want to get How a you ticket? Get Yes, I did. How about
1: that? I figured you would. I had I had a feeling you were going to get in that game. Yeah,
11: yeah, and uh, I was one of them to help break the decimal level there when he when he intercepted the ball.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. They said on the uh, Dallas Turner tipped ball intercepted by Tyrion Arnold that it set the Bryant Denny uh, decibel record. Justin, uh, I don't I don't know much about decimals. I think it's like one thirteen or something, but whatever. Do you know the number, Ellis?
11: No, I don't. I just know that I, I heard about it, but I don't know that
1: exact Ju- number. Justin's got it, it. was one thirteen. Yeah, too. so I was really yeah. So how about that? I mean, people say Brian Denny doesn't get loud. I've always pushed back on that. You know, again, there's just so much scrutiny on Alabama. They want to find flaws. People do everywhere they can. So that narrative is floated around. Well, you know, fans sit on their hands. Yeah, for Chattanooga game they might. Just, I'll tell you this, there's a lot of times uh, you look at these stadiums around the SEC and they play one of those games. South Carolina played a good Jacksonville State team, was very fortunate to win the game, and they didn't have many fans there. At least Alabama fans show up. And for the big games, Alabama is just as as loud as anywhere else. Man, that place was electric Saturday night. Electric.
11: Oh, it it was, and it was loud. I loved every minute of it. Uh, Amazing. Uh, A fun time. I got to try some gumbo and boudin for the first time. Authentic. I mean, truly they fixed it right there, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Yeah. They're good folks to tailgate awesome. with. I, I've been down to Baton Rouge many times and, and, um, before the game, it's one of the most festive tailgates and they're some of the most friendliest and, and, and friendly and courteous people. And now after the game, when they lose, um, I, I, it's been my experience is just don't bring the game up. You know what I mean? You, they'll still try to be cordial to you, <clears throat> but don't bring the game up. Now, when they, when they win, um, they're ready to party all night. And, a uh, few of them, when they win and they got in the sauce a little bit can be a little bit obnoxious. But before the game, when you have a night game like this and you're tailgating together, it's, it's one of the best tailgates you can have with LSU people. And you're right. The food is absolutely phenomenal.
11: Um, we had the food, country style real uh, the gumbo, the boudin, we had three or four different kinds of chili. I mean, it was it was all it was all amazing. But the best thing was being in the stand uh watch the game.
1: Yeah, man. I'm glad uh, you got in. And uh did you where did you wind up sitting, Ellis? You get a pretty good ticket.
11: Uh on the east side, right in behind the uh the L S U stand Okay. Um, that, so- uh, uh be- Oh wow! was not uh,
0: bad
1: at all.
11: About, about halfway, about halfway up. Yeah, that's not bad at all.
1: That's not bad. That's, uh, not, that's not bad. You weren't too far from me because the press box now, you know, they moved it a few years ago to the northeast corner, kind of the northeast caddy corner, a little bit, about halfway up. So you weren't too far. You weren't yeah. too far away from me. Um,
11: I just want to say one thing. I love to be hated. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, if you're a footballer, if you're an athletic program, that's a good thing because it means that you're usually pretty good.
11: <laughs> if you're an Alabama fan, you know, that's that's what I like because everybody's hating it now, you know, because like you said, they just knew this was going to be the year that Alabama wasn't going to do it, and look at them now. I mean, uh, pretty amazing.
6: Doing it but, again. Uh, and,
11: and the quarterback for LSU, you know what he looked like out, out there on the field. He looked like a squirrel. You know how a squirrel scatters from here to there real fast? Okay. That's exactly what he looked okay, like. Okay, yeah, he, mean, was, he, he, was, was he, was, he
1: was hard to get a uh, get a handle on, I'll tell you that, brother. He was uh that first half he played and I know Saban was frustrated. It was like, Man, we can't get this if we don't get this guy on the ground, we're gonna lose the game. But they did a much better yeah. job in the second half, man. They really did. Yeah.
11: One more thing. Did you get to see that where uh, Saban, when he talked to an LSU player, was that like a player that used to play at yeah, Alabama? it was
1: Aaron Anderson who, who signed here. And, again, everything gets caught on you know video these days. And they, they embraced after the game. And he's you know, basically good to see you. And then he was like, uh, you know you'd be playing more here than you are there. And, you know, people try to make yeah. a big deal out of it. But he, he originally came to Alabama, transferred to LSU. So that's what that was about. It was just a friendly, friendly little meeting after the game.
11: Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was pretty pretty special there, but uh, yeah, I'm just excited about excited about uh, what the future is. We just got to keep on doing what we're doing is winning.
1: That's right. Just keep on winning. Everything I always say. You keep on winning. Things will work out. Hey, good to hear from you, Ellis. Yes, sir. Roca. Okay. Thank you. We're going to squeeze in one more call with uh, with the Cowboy. Hey, Cowboy.
8: How's
1: it going, Gary? Going pretty well. Going a lot better. I always say Mondays are a lot better around here when you win. And so, so fortunately you haven't had to have too many bad men- Mondays, but, uh, but it's a good one.
8: They got a bad Monday in Dallas
1: after their Philadelphia debacle yesterday. Yeah, I, I've been meaning to get to Bama in the NFL. I, I you know, I watched, uh, recorded that game, and then you know, I didn't watch it all live. I went walking, but uh, Cowboys should have won that game. But like we said, yeah, would as could as should, as and should us. But Dallas, Dallas should have won that game. But now that's a huge loss because let's just be honest, they're not catching Philadelphia now.
8: Yeah, Philly did everything, gift wrapped at farm, but they couldn't do it
1: yeah uh, i agree with you <laughs> and that's a it's disappointing if you're a cowboys fan because that's uh yeah you know but you know eagles are just they're so hard to beat cowboy they just even oh. when they make mistakes they just um yeah. they're so physical and 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 they've got you know they're just solid all through you know and Philly, and, and that's the thing about them i watched them they'll make mistakes they'll turn it over some they'll they'll get a they'll get a targeting penalty they'll but they just seem to always play through them you know they just they just keep on playing and usually over the course of four quarters uh because they're the more more talented team that usually uh you know what happens to a lot of these teams in NFL is when things go south on them they just don't ever recover and, and hey, what about, uh, speaking of the NFL, and I don't have long, but the Houston Texans with D'Amico, and, I mean, I love D'Amico and what he's awesome. doing.
11: I picked him to win yesterday. <laughs> wow, love to I love I tell you, Stroud
1: That's just lit up. That was a heck of a football game. But, man, you don't have yeah. a kicker, and you're, and you're running back had to make a big field goal in the game. <laughs> yeah, well, they showed
8: it in Dallas. That was awesome. I was watching Mac. They showed that here with uh, – the reds, you know, New England's sad. But, hey, Gary, you know, one thing for the Alabama fans, and I consider myself one of them, but I'm a little older and got, got some years of watching it. Just relax, hold your powder. If Alabama wins out, this thing will take care of itself. All Alabama's got to do is win football games. And, um, and, and, and the personal foul hit, you know, I, uh, I, I I'm not saying it was a dirty play or any of that, but I could I could see how Alabama fans, if it would have happened to them, would be feel
1: the same way. Yeah, like today. I said, it's all about your perspective. I agree with that, cowboy. Right. All I'm saying right. is you can't legislate injuries out of the game and And I understand you want to protect quarterbacks, but they're still on the football field. They got a helmet and shoulder pads on. And, and I'm just, it's just got to the point now where every time a quarterback takes a shot, you just start looking around for a penalty. I I just think that, um, I thought it was a football play. I didn't have a problem with them throwing the person, the, uh, roughing the passer because I guess he did kind of drive him into the ground, but I never saw anything there. All these people, oh, that's the textbook, uh, uh, textbook targeting. That's, yeah, get off of it, man. It, It was.
8: I don't want to make anybody upset but uh you know I, he he he's had about three or four of those in his career I I not exactly know how many but uh He's on the edge. Let's put
1: it that way. Well, he's on the edge because he's an edge rusher. And, that's, and let me tell you what the edge rusher's job is to do when he comes off the edge. It's to hit the quarterback, Cowboy. Whether people oh, yeah. like that oh, or yeah. not, that's the whole, well, he's a pass rusher. Well, what's he supposed to do? Come in there and not hit the quarterback? I mean, I, I all I'm telling you is, from my perspective, and maybe my bias is kicking in, I've watched this kid's whole career. I would say that he is an aggressive pass rusher, but I have seen nothing that leads me to say that he's a dirty player and he's trying to hurt anybody. I, I just, I, I don't, that's, I don't, I take exception to that because I don't see that. Now, maybe if well, I was I covering man, another I team, I, I, you know, I, I didn't like the hit that, uh, Bryce took last year against Tennessee, but I never accused that guy of being a dirty player. Um,
8: yeah, well, I, I, the Bryce hit was worse than that. One.
1: It was worse than that one, but I didn't. But I didn't yeah. say the guy was dirty. I just said it should have been a penalty, and it should have been, but it wasn't. So, you know, right. uh, it, it's just again, it's Alabama is. You know, like I've told you before, it's they're a lot like the Cowboys, the Yankees, the Lakers. It's the brand, and everything that happens in an Alabama game is multiplied by all the interest around the country and people wanting to see Alabama lose. That I I, yeah. do, I do believe that's the truth, and that that same hit could have hit hit you know happened in an eleven o'clock game between so and so and so and so. We probably never even heard anything about it, but now today it's a national controversy. You know, so
8: well you know um, one thing here you know, you, talk, you brought up that Bryce Young hit at Tennessee. You know, that officiating crew that called that game at Tennessee last year has not called one Alabama game this
1: year. You well, Alabama fans, Alabama fans aren't disappointed to hear that, Cowboy, I can tell you.
8: No, They're I know. Not. I thought of that Saturday. I looked and I think I saw him doing it. Hey,
1: game. one one final quick thing I got to go because I, I got up yesterday morning to watch Tua and the Dolphins. And all I'm going to say about Miami is at some point you got to beat a good team. You know, you can score 50 <laughs> and 60 against the bad teams, but you play the Bills. The Chiefs and the Eagles in your own three. got to beat somebody good at some point, Cowboy, if they're going to win a Super Bowl game get to the Super Bowl. You know what I mean?
8: You're you're correct. I thought that was their opportunity yesterday to step up and win a big football game. They were out of the country. Kansas City was kind of, you know, um, down a little bit. I agree. Losing and uh, all their glamour stuff going on right now. And that was prime time for Miami to win a football game, and they didn't do it. And they're not going to do it
1: this year. All right, Cowboy, good to hear from you, man. Have a great day. All
8: right,
1: bye-bye. All right, we'll be back with uh, Casey Smith on golf next right here on the Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC.
0: This spring, University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: All right, 10.36, welcome back into the Gary Hero Show. And it's time for Casey Smith on golf. And always enjoy visiting with Casey and great golf insight. We always talk a little bit of football, too, this time of the year. Good morning, Casey. Good
12: morning, Gary. Hope you're doing well.
1: I'm doing really well after this uh, game on Saturday night. I- I'm going to ask you about that in a moment. But I guess this is a perfect example, this tournament that we had uh down in Mexico uh Los Cabos, uh, the Worldwide Technology Championship, as to why this schedule, I'm glad it's changed. I've never seen a PGA Tour event with less interest. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't even look to see who won it until this morning. That's the truth. And, uh, it's a testament again to how good these guys are. Eric Van Ruin, uh, I think that's how he pronounces it from South Africa, shot 27 under, 9 under yesterday. Good tournament for Tuscaloosa's, uh, um, native, um, and, and former Auburn golfer, um, who shot 15-under. And then to give you an idea how low the score was, that was 15-under, uh, or 18-under, I should say, was tied for 15th. But Robbie Shelton shot 12-under and finished tied for 59th. But uh, a lot of great golf was played. I'm just not sure how many people were
12: aware of it. Yeah, I mean, it w- congrats to Eric Van Ruin. Um, he eagled the last hole to shoot 28, minus 8 on the back 9. Um, they're playing at the the Cardinal course. Tiger Woods actually first full solo design, still needs some growing in as you can see on television, uh, played firm and fast as most new golf courses do. It was in a, you know it's in a, a lightly populated area not far from Cabo, San Lucas, and in a private area. So you could see there wasn't many people there. Uh, I think by this time of year people are you know, losing interest because they don't really understand the win count this year or next year because uh, they've jumped back and forth with that. But big win for him, very emotional win. I watched some of it, very exciting finish. Eric's best friend and his caddy's best friend are really struggling, battling with cancer, young guy. So there, it was an emotional win for them. In second place was Camilo Viegas, and they lost a daughter a few years ago. Mm. He hasn't won since. Uh, Viegas is in, uh, he's still currently slated to go next week, or in three weeks, sorry, to uh, Q School, uh, second stage, because he doesn't have his status, so a win would have locked that up. He did move up to 147, top 150 received, sort of limited status, top 25 full status, so he gets some conditional status if he can stay in that top 150. Matt Kuchar was tied with Van Ruin um, going to the last hole, and he made par, uh, he was going for his 10th win, which was a big you know, big constant for tour players. So it was interesting watching that yeah. come down the stretch. A minus 8, 28 in the back nine is really just insane. Uh, and then he had an emotional ending. He and his caddy were all crying and everything, which is understandable. But, yeah, Patton Kazar, we talked about last week, he came into the week at like 137th uh, on the FedEx fall list, and he leaves one twenty-six. So he needs one more spot to move up over these next two events, and one of them being a home home event for him. This week's at uh, Bermuda at the Butterfield Championship, and the next week is at Sea Island for the RSM, and that's where he lives. So decent chance. I feel like Pat could move up. Trey, Trey uh, is still outside the top 126, but he did win last year. So there's some good, there's some good conditions there for him, good status. And Robbie Shelton really moved up. He moved up from 75th to 59th. So uh, that top 50 to 60 actually gets some extra stuff for next year. So they're still all playing for something. That's something they're not, they're not really, to me, doing a good job on television of relaying. should be some type of active leaderboard mm-hmm. where fans could understand and tell the story of that. They need to simplify that. Hopefully in year, future years, once they get this a little bit more streamlined, um, we'll will make more sense. But yeah, I mean a little bit the scores are insane i mean yeah. you're like you said you're having to shoot so low to win it's a little bit i mean you still got to go get it in the hole but it tells you that the course is not one of their hardest courses that they play on the year um and then champions tour dickie pride they finished up their season he had a really great year um they finished up their season this week uh podrick harrington won dickie pride finished 23rd and he finished 17th on the year. He made $1.11 million this year, which is his biggest year ever, earning year, and it came on the Champions Tour. Good so for Dicky, yeah. the local Dickie
1: Pride. And a great guy, too. <laughs> just a great He's guy. A great guy. Uh, just yeah. a tremendous guy to interview, too. I need to get him back on here soon. He's so much fun. Uh, all right, I, I know I've asked this before, but, I, again, I think – of course, I'm tied up in football, but I think most people right now could not tell you uh, where we stand. How many events are left before we wrap up this leg of the season, or how it works? I know we got some of the, the, you know, the TV events coming up, and they don't actually count. But what's the calendar look like for the PGA Tour uh, before we get into the next year? And I guess I'll kick it off with the tournament in Hawaii. But when does when does the new season uh, start up? Um, as far as again, I'm still. St- Confused myself, Casey, on how this wraparound works, but how does the calendar look going forward? It makes
6: sense to be confused,
12: yeah. So calendar season, the PGA Tour fall, which counts to get your card, we played this week at the Butterfield Championship in Bermuda, so another beach event. They've had a couple of great events in the year as far as for their travel. And then next week is in Sea Island, Sea Island, Georgia. Uh, A lot of players live there. And that wraps up the fall season for any PGA Tour status. And then they take a couple of weeks off. And during the holidays, we get some of the silly TV events, the Father, Son, you'll see the Thomases and the Woods play in, uh, and then the Hero, the Tiger Woods host. But the PGA Tour season then doesn't open back up until early January in Hawaii. Uh, so we get some time off. But you got two, two events left, and there's a lot really in play for a lot of guys that we continue to follow Based on their ties to the state of Alabama and University of Alabama, or Tuscaloosa in general, and then uh, you know, in concert, guys that didn't make their card, and some of those guys are coming out of college corn Ferry tour. They're in Q school right now, trying to get their corn fairy tour cards, uh, and then you have to live. It's the interesting side note having in early December this week long sort of their own version of Q school and. It just was leaked out this week on Friday of last week that the PGA Tour actually did not make that an event that was banned, which is tells you a lot about the deal getting done. Because every other event in the past has been banned for guys with status to go over there and play, or they would receive punishment, suspension. So they've actually opened that up. You know, uh, I don't know. So it'll be interesting to see who goes and plays and, and what comes of that. I mean, a Nick Dunlap, for instance, is invited. The Gordon Sargent is invited. Um, So anyway, I just found that sort of interesting. Uh, And then last week also, Birmingham local Gordon Sargent earned his PGA Tour card, even though he's a junior at um, Vanderbilt. And they listed out, like, this new PGA Tour way for you to get your tour card. There would only been four players ever to do that in the history of golf if they would have been counting it then. Justin Thomas was one. Patrick Cantlay was one. Patrick Rogers was another. Um, so it uh, looks like Nick Dunlap is also headed to potentially, if he can have a good spring, to earning his PGA Tour card through his play as an amateur, which I'm glad they're doing that now. But that will be something to follow this spring. And and then, you know, you don't have to turn pro immediately if you earn it. You can hold it for, till you want to graduate college if you want. So they've made, put some flexibility there. The PGA Tour is getting smarter with that. But Alabama and, and Alabama – uh, those are the tour schedules, Alabama and men's and women's teams open back up in February. They finished their season last week, fall season. So that's going to turn the page. Uh, so yeah, we're wrapping up the golf year and getting ready, uh, to take a little break for next year.
1: Yeah, good. Well, thanks for explaining that. You did a really good job. That's why I have you on. Cause try to, try to filter it all out just real quickly. Um, before I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you about Bama football and, and the way that, uh, Saban's brought this team along, but, um, Gotta get my weekly JT question in, cause I know he's gonna be looking to, to bounce back. And that's what it'll be. This was by, you know, we know he's got plenty of money, we know he's got status, we know he's won 15 times, we know he's won two majors plus a players, I get all that. But this, this past season for him was, was the worst season, uh, since he's established himself as a pro. And he's gonna be looking to, to bounce back, and you've documented some of the changes that he's done with his team and, and, uh, his, his teachers and all that. I'm assuming he's just kinda of bunkered down right now, Um you know, getting ready for for the year, spending some time with his wife and all that. But I have to assume that he's going to approach the season differently than he approached this past season because whatever he did didn't you know didn't work.
12: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's getting back to taking more ownership, everything I hear. Uh, he just opened a golf course along Jack Jack Nicholas that was they had like a soft opening. It's a private club called Panther National and Jupiter. He is uh, co-designer with Jack Nicholas that's his first golf design. And he's also playing on that TGL simulator league. So uh, I, I gather from the people I know that he's really taking ownership of his game. We saw a good play down the down the stretch. Just gotta really putt better. I think he, you know, probably gonna see his iron play jump back up to being an elite iron player again. And then hopefully, you know, you don't put as much pressure on your putter. It's never been elite by any means. It's obviously he's won a lot, so you're still a really great putter in terms to in terms of relative to people playing golf on a regular basis, right, your average golfer. But for tour standards, he's really struggled with his putter. And so hopefully he figures that out this offseason. He just keeps building confidence. I mean, everything I sense is you're going to continue to see his game trend back up in the right direction. But it's deep out there. You know, look at the guys that we're talking about at college that can really step out there and play immediately. Uh, The fields are deep. Um, you you know, so he's gonna have to get after it, and hopefully, uh, you know, he just has a, he has a, some skill set that some of the, the guys out there don't have, and and that's why you hear that he can hit every shot. A lot of guys that are winning out there, there's still shots they can't hit. He really is one of those guys that just has a gift. He can hit any shot in golf, uh, and so hopefully he gets it right. This off season comes out, I, I think we'll ha- we'll see him have a win or two next year. I think there's a lot of determination for that, prove himself, people involved, people anywhere that, uh, he can win again. And, and so I, I think we haven't seen the, the best of JT yet.
1: Great stuff as always, Casey. You watched uh, Alabama and LSU and, uh, I thought that the, uh, the plan Saturday offensively, of course, as somebody's already called in and reminded me, Joe reminded me that this is not a great uh, LSU defense. And I agree, but I don't want to, I don't want to take away from what Alabama accomplished offensively. That, that's a scary offense for defensive coordinators going forward. I'm sorry. Milro running like that. Uh, the way he's seeing the field now, checking it down, he's, he's, he's becoming efficient passer. This is a scary Alabama offense all of a sudden. Would you agree?
12: Yeah, I mean, they've they continued to get better every game. I think that's the goal. It's still a young quarterback, even though he's a redshirt sophomore, and uh, kudos to the coaches for putting the players in positions to succeed. And I don't really, you know, they're, they're an average defense at LSU for sure, in, you know, in terms of what they've had out there before, but it's still very four-star, five-star guys out there, with lots of talent. And it really, you know, if we're executing right and teams and our scheme just keeps getting better. We're going to be tough out. The more we make him a threat on every play, meaning Milro seems like, you know, the better we're going to be and the better we are. And I'm glad to see some of these runs being called. Our defense is playing tough. Uh, you know, minus that sort of gap before the half there could have been a three touchdown win versus LSU, which is, you know, two touchdowns big, but, uh, I, I don't think anyone. On the schedule remaining, and, and even if we were to win out, no one's looking forward to playing Alabama. And that's sort of been, you know, Nick Saban's demo when he first got here is we want to make them quit. And, and you know, we want people to not want to play us, to hate to play us. And, and I feel like that we're getting that edge back, and that's exciting.
1: Great stuff, Casey. He uh, hey, always joins us to talk. Basketball
12: opens up today. Basketball opens up today. Yeah, we're in state tonight. Away. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I'll be yeah, there.
12: I, I have. Have this weird feeling that Alabama basketball. I think we go back to back, and we win the SEC. I just have this feeling this might be that sleeper team that wins a Nash, the first national title in basketball. I've got some good intel there, as you know, and they love this team. Thank you, Casey. Thanks, Gary.
1: All right, 10.50. We need to get the break. Listen, Justin, I want to do something when we come back. I, I guess I just talk so much. I mean, I, I can't ever seem to get Nick Saban clips in. But when we come back, let's play his opening comments, at least, from Saturday night's win over uh, LSU. And I don't worry too much about it because I know all the other shows play Nick Saban sound. I just I can't seem to work him in on Mondays. But we'll try to play the opening comments from Nick Saban before we close out the show. And as Casey said, and I wanted to mention it again, Bama basketball tonight against uh, Moorhead State, that is a, which is a decent program. Janai Broome, the really good Auburn player transferred to Auburn from Moorhead State. That's at 7 o'clock tonight at Coleman Coliseum. We'll be back to wrap it up after this.
0: On the next Inside the Locker Room with Coach Wimp Sanderson and Barry Sanderson.
5: Tune in Tuesday, 7.30. Kevin Skarbinski will join us. We'll talk college football with Kevin. In the second hour, we'll take your phone calls. Also hear some Nick Saban sound and look forward to the Kentucky game. Could this possibly be a track game For Alabama, we will discuss.
0: Inside the Locker Room, weekdays 7 to 9 a.m. on Tide 100.9 and Tide100.9.com.
1: Tarrascos has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And of course, you can find Las Tarrascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Las Tarrascos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember the name is Las Tarrascos with locations in Tuscaloosa
0: and Northport. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather.
4: The weather stays dry today, mostly sunny and mild. The high 77, fair tonight, the low 53. Then for tomorrow and Wednesday, the sky partly to mostly sunny both days. Afternoon highs between 78 and 81. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 69 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
0: The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Tide 100.9. Nine and streaming on the Tide
1: 100.9 app. All right, 1055. Welcome back into the Gary Hero Show. All right, well, we want to get Nick Saban's opening comments on. We only got a couple of minutes, to so go ahead and roll them, Justin. From This is from Saturday night.
3: Well, that was a great team win, and uh, we knew that it would be a tough game. Uh, they got a great offensive team, obviously a great quarterback uh, who's really hard to contain. But I think our offense did a fantastic job in this game. I'm so proud of our team. Uh, it's a great team win, but you know, our offense controlled the tempo of the game, especially in the second half. Um, and, uh, I think that was the difference in the game, having over 500 yards of offense, but the key to it was being 11 of 14 on third down and being able to keep the ball, which kept it away from them, uh, which was a real key. But, um, this is probably as close to a complete game, even though you know, you can say, wow, they, they had some really good plays. Yeah, they did. They got some really good players. Uh, but our guys fought. They competed. I'm really proud of them. Um, probably as close to a complete game as we played, you know, all year. And we needed to play a game like that. But the whole idea going into the game was just keep playing the next play, just focus on the next play, um, be in the moment. And I thought they did a, a wonderful job of that. Even when we got ahead by 14 points, we controlled – you know, took a lot of seven minutes off the clock, um, got back out on defense and got him stopped. So, um, really great win for us. And, you know, this team has created an opportunity where now they got to make a choice. Uh, we've had two big games in a row here and still got two SEC games left and another game. So, um, you're going to make a choice about taking care of business or continue to take care of business in the future, uh, because we can create an opportunity for ourselves and, maybe win the West and, you know, maybe get the SEC championship game and who knows what happens from there.
1: All right, perfect timing. That just worked out great. Uh, Nick Saban, his opening comments. So we did get some Nick Saban on. Again, Bama basketball tonight, opening it up at uh, 7 o'clock tonight against Moorhead State. And the Alabama women, uh, let me get the time on this game. They're going to play ahead of the men. Um, they're going to have – 425. Uh, what time is it?
12: 425
1: PM. That's the air time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tip off. I think will be at 430. So, uh, yeah, we got Bama basketball for you. This, uh, men and women doubleheader tonight. And uh, we'll talk about that in the morning. I will also have Bama baseball coach Rob Vaughn on in the morning to talk about the Crimson Tides fall schedule, man. They have been really, really strong. All that coming up on Tuesday's edition. Make way for the Miller's Edge with Corey and Kristen Miller coming up next right here at 11 a.m. on the Big Tide, 100.9 FM, twelve thirty AM WTBC. For Justin and Noah, I'm Gary. Have a great day, everybody. Talk to you again in the morning.
0: Thank you for listening to The Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. No! Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
2: Hey, football fans, want to?